0: Hello and welcome to episode 215 of What Most People Think. So, I am a man who is in the week where his tour starts, uh, his book is out next week, and so I'm having some weird dreams. Like, and what I'm disappointed about is how, how fucking route one my dreams are they're not even like metaphorical they're just me in a venue with people walking out while i forget what to say so it's essentially that i'm naked at primary school dream again not not i'm naked as an adult at a primary school dream which is obviously a much a much darker dream and and what a point to bring in our guest this week returning to the show is the brilliant finn taylor finn have you ever been naked in a primary school um no no um, I was wondering though.
1: I thought you were going to burn me by saying, anyway. Speaking of being on stage with people walking out and not remembering your material, but you made <laughs> it worse somehow. You, you you insinuated I was a pedo. Um,
0: no, but at least pedophiles get laughs though. Generally, they do get laughs.
1: And yeah, I mean, walk out. They can deal with walkouts, I guess. Um, not the cool ones. <laughs> that be gutting. Maybe
0: it would be good for them. Maybe it'd be good for them. Maybe the we, We've gone in big here, haven't we? We've gone in a minute and a half. You you you, you bowled me some
1: some pretty medium pace stuff. I've got to see I've got to see it to the boundary, don't I?
0: You smoked it. You smoked that to the boundary. Um, we it's interesting that we talk um, at the moment. We are both in a kind of shit storm of work in a good way. Um, but the I've spoken about this increasingly on the podcast is the constant need for content. Now you obviously have your very uh, successful YouTube channel. It's it's Finn Taylor versus the Internet.
1: Yeah, yeah, we haven't actually done that much of it, but the clip, the clips have gone big on um, Instagram. So, yeah, uh, we've only done the twelve episodes of it on YouTube, but because every episode is basically thirty clips, uh, yeah, it, like it's a big. It's funny how people say it's a big thing. I've just done two series of six episodes each, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not complaining. It's been um, I'm, it's the most fun thing I've I've done. But like you, I think you like you're intimating. It's it's a hell of a lot of work.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I always kind of thought like being a comedian was like being a band where you produce an album every so often. So you come up with this, like this gear that works, whether you're a club comic, it's 20 minutes or a touring comic and it's about 80 minutes. But now we have to, I mean, obviously everyone listening to this podcast will be, oh, what lads, you have to get up do you and do a thing most days. Like, yeah. I mean, you would have come in at the back end of the period where it was a lot of scratching your balls between Sunday and Wednesday.
1: That was the sort of attraction was that there There are these people just above me who scratched their balls four days a week, did two telly gigs and then just got into the yeah. theatres, and, and and they're still there. They don't have to do any of this stuff. <laughs> and I and I got in, I just caught the tail end. I was on TV a bit just as everyone stopped watching it and, and
0: yeah.
1: uh, now I've got to make my own stuff. But, you know, I do hear a lot of people complain about it, but... I kind of think it's an amazing opportunity if you can be bothered to, to do it. Uh, mm. Cause there's no, there's no one to, you know, people complaining about oh the edits shit and everything's shit on TV, but I still want to be on it. And it's like, well, why don't you you know make your own thing that people might actually watch and then, um, and people might actually get into you more. I think people, people are more into stuff that they discover. Do you find that?
0: that? That's true. Yeah, that's true. I think that it does favor the, you, you've got a kid or you've got a kid or two.
1: I have one kid, but soon to be two in about a month.
0: Yes. Well, the need for content does, does favour the childless man, I would say. Mm-hmm. Just sitting on your laptop just editing the fuck out of something rather than thinking, I've got to get this up. Yeah. <laughs> and I've got to get this up is... is is? Oh, I was going to do such a shit joke there about trying to get your I wife thought, pregnant.
1: I saw it and, and oh, I thought you were going back to the pedo stuff. so what I thought you were going to reference um no i uh yeah we've got another kid on the way in about a month and um i'm so i'm trying to get everything done before that and also Mm. last kid was was seven weeks premature so she was born about this time so i'm i really am
0: quite sort of stressed that i might not be able to begin um no, I like it. Do you know? Do you realise what what basic Freud I was in there? As you were saying all that, I don't know if you noticed I was smiling because you were like, you know, you I suddenly realised what I'd found is, is quite a beautiful thing. Is I found a man that's more stressed than me this week, and that that felt that felt great. Yeah. I'm not going to lie.
1: Yeah, it does. And also we've had we've had builders in, and that's um that's quite.
0: A- oh, you're just making it. I, I might actually. I might actually get erect if you keep talking like this. I give you the full story, We're, but uh, it's quite bleak, and um, yeah,
1: I want to keep it light. But anyway, it's been quite a tough five months. But um, the Instagram's blown up. That's the main thing. Keep those, keep those <laughs> happy. Um, I mean, what do you, what do you find? Because you're, I feel like you're, I feel like you just caught the wave of, um, of
0: telly, just as it that that final wave. That final. I caught the final bit of the wave just before you got the wave. I was on the penultimate thin wave. And there'll probably be people that think that you were on the last wave. So there's always people that think you're on a wave. But I mean, for context, the the first live at the Apollo that I did when it first went out got seven hundred thousand viewers. So it, it was all, it was already a different ball game. Okay, yeah, because
1: that's what I say. I say when people are like, "Oh, you've done Apollo," I was like, "Well, we used to get ten million when I used to watch it, and then I did it, and it got about six hundred thousand or something like
0: that." Well, I mean, you're doing the same thing as me. Is I've I've done a bit of Apollo inflation as well. I started off saying it used to get four million, and then I've got moved to it got more viewers than the Christmas special of Fools and All. Yeah. And and that's what we're up against. That's what I tell the family. They're like, why aren't you playing big theatres? I'm like, because what you don't realise is James Acaster, his last comedy special was seen by more people than saw Andre Previn on Morecambe and Wise. (laughs) New patrons. Oh, I've got to tease the subjects, actually. I mean, this is a guy just looking at his little document that says, tease subjects. Um, Tease subjects. So we're going to talk, obviously, about Rishi Sunak and and the Conservative government just, just basically... Just bumbling into another big metaphor for what's going on. This, I think that the metaphor that they've picked this time, I mean, if, if, if like partying while the nation was locked down wasn't a good enough metaphor, they've now gone for something crumbling, which I think is it's pretty choice, isn't
1: it? Schools and hospitals, Jeff. It's, it's, a, real, it's a real new labour metaphor, isn't it? Schools and hospitals after whatever, 12 years, 13 years. Well, I mean, one collapsed in Kent. Was the problem that it was in Kent? was that why they've done nothing was it, it was incredible. no one cared yeah they, they thought well it's not exactly the brightest minds of the country um yes they thought it's promising they did yeah pretty well just to move out the way of the fucking roof falling in these kids um <laughs> but yeah that was uh is there an excuse that it was covid that's got in the way i mean i feel like well covid for a couple of years they'll be blaming hiv
0: next i mean what do you know what i mean it's like Well, we will we will get into that. Keir Starmer obviously, seeing that Conservatives were in trouble, thought I should definitely do my reshuffle right now, which is a great move, uh, which which managed to pull 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 Labour back into some some degree of of criticism. But obviously, the grown ups in the room were very generally very pleased and uh, about uh, his new appointments. And then we'll talk about Roisin Murphy, who was formerly the lead singer of Maloko, was it? Who has been? Well, she literally has been cancelled. So I think we can say that.
1: Sing it back, that one. Sing it back.
0: Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't think I can call her the Sing It Back Bird.
1: Can you? Can you, can you be cancelled as a one-hit wonder? It feels like the market's cancelled oh. ever for everyone. Do you know what I mean?
0: If it's one hit, no, be no big, big, uh, small, small but stable touring audience, mate. Right. Record, record coming out, so. It's. I mean, of course, cancelling doesn't necessarily mean that you can't ever say anything in the public domain again. But I think, well, this is something we could come on to, is, is there's a threshold, maybe, a percentage of your working opportunities that have, that, have, uh, that are no longer available. So we're going to do uh, new patrons now, new patrons, VIP patron. We've got Joe May. Welcome to the VIP bit. What that normally means is a wristband and cleaner toilets. What else would you get for, for sort of... You know the kind of VIP that pay, people can pay for? You get the little uh, rope in a nightclub. You get a rope. Oh, Joe. Rope. Joe, you got yourself a rope and and a slightly smaller queue at the bar. So welcome to that. And we've got further Patreons. And and, I don't know if you remember, Finn, we sort of speculate on the names of these people and what that means about their character. Jonathan West, who I think, so it was the first of the month this uh, last week. And what Patreons do to me is they just bump out people that want to be Patreons every month. Sometimes the same people again and again. So people have to rejoin. And the only reason I know that was because I, I went to make a shit tuna gag because his name's Jonathan West. And then I remembered that I'd made that shit predictable gag uh, before. Uh, we've got Lindsay Roddy. Lindsay Roddy. That, that's probably two people. Um, maybe just some, somebody who's bipolar and just wanted to join up. you got to pay twice those are the rules if you're bipolar.
1: Lindsay Roddy, I reckon is some that's some white collar crime going on there. Bit of uh, yes. Broad or, may, or maybe it's that kind of suburban um Did you see that did you see that sky show about the people who killed someone who was in their back garden for ages? With um was it Olivia Coleman? You see that show?
0: I I didn't see it, it as a drama, yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I mean Olivia Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Olivia Coleman's not going to host a documentary about murder. Oh. Uh, but Lindsay Roddy sounds like a sort of just a bland suburban name that's 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 got some skeletons in a garden. Um Lee Wren. Lee Wren and if you're gonna if you're gonna message in saying that I'm making light of what Lucy Letby did, it's clearly it's oh fuck it. Just 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 write in. Uh, what most people think UK at gmail.com if you need some attention. And then Lee Wren. I think Lee Wren is is definitely hardest lad in the year name. Lee Wren. Do you know Lee Wren?
1: Yeah, but I reckon he can't say his R's, so he really has a problem with his surname. Wren. Wren. Because it's hard, because it's W, which is what he he knows not to do, but then R, which he can't. Yeah. W, so really...
0: <laughs> and that is why he throws chairs at teachers, because like, they'll have a supply teacher that will keep saying, what's your name? And he's like... And all the kids are going, don't, don't, don't. And then they push it, and then... And then even, even the other teachers... Don't fully sympathise with a supply teacher because they are so institutionalised in the Lee Wren way of thing doing things. Did you, did you have be a teacher? I just got. a I did. Yeah. I did. I was just thinking. Did you have one of those kids at, at your secondary school that was so badly behaved that they were almost like a mini celebrity that the teachers were sort of in awe of? You're looking at him, mate. Um, you
1: well, because my dad was a teacher there. My entire school career was seeing what I could get away with, um, and just pushing those boundaries because on the first on the first week I remember playing table football in the common room with like a teacher who was walking through or maybe I was with, playing with someone else and the teacher walked through and was like oh you're Mr. Taylor's kid you're the one we can't tell off and I remember that just lodging in my brain mm. I, just, I that yeah I was kind of I think I was one of those annoying kids who who was a nightmare but actually could do could like get decent marks without while still trying to piss people off was your
0: what what level of teacher was your dad?
1: Um, well, he's, he was a drama teacher, but at a private school. Okay. Now, reached that kind of private school dream where he is. He's still there, but he's not teaching, and no one seems to have noticed this. Um, <laughs> he's just like you know, you've become part of the furniture. Yeah. I'm so institutionalised that they sort of forget about you, and you're still on the payroll. That's what dads doing.
0: It would just be so much hassle to sack uh, sack your dad at this point yeah. it's just easier just let just let him i mean he's I, I mean i am going to delve into a stereotype here but a drama teacher not putting in a shift is <laughs> at all is very different not that different to a drama teacher going all out is it
1: yes yeah, a thin line uh and you also <laughs> i mean to be fair he set up you know he kind of uh took a lot of the school's wealth and put it into creative stuff which isn't really fashionable like he set up a film unit and all that um mm. But, any, but anyway, yeah. So I, I think, I actually think that's the sort of psychological basis for why my comedy is the way it is, in that I sort of, my act is basically a guy who's never
0: been punched. Um, yeah. Seeing what he can get away with. That is, I mean, is, is that, but that, is that like verbal and philosophically seeing what he can get away with? Or d- did you actually like spam a teacher? Spam? Is that thrice? Yeah, I went to private school, Jeff. I, I missed spam. A spam in someone. You, you just go and you just slap them on the forehead. That that's that's quite crass. No, this was all mind games. <laughs> <laughs> all... Okay, the main talking point. So we mentioned last week when we were talking about ULEZ that Sadiq Khan kept on throwing around this this figure that four thousand people had died because of cars or, or something, you know. He sort of parlayed a, a stat, and it'd gone quite a long way with the media. So we were just checking whether or not that was, of course, true, because we were talking about, does this make sense to you, Finn? So the idea of noble cause corruption, so whereby if you think you're doing something good, you can lie about the stats. So an example of, the, of that that people often use is, remember when Patrick Valance had a real hard-on for another lockdown, and he just started going 50,000 deaths, sixty. Everyone... Pets, everything you've ever loved will die. So we're wondering whether or not Sadiq has slightly done this with the 4,000 deaths. So David Domain, who's a super patron, has done a little bit of research and he suggests that it was found by Imperial College London that bad air, toxic air, uh, contributed to the premature deaths of around 4,000 Londoners. I'm going to look at the word contributed there and, and call the stewards on that. Contributed. So what does that mean?
1: Sorry, so this is, what did you say this phenomenon is called? The noble... Noble cause corruption. Is that like what either side of, you know, is that why Holocaust deniers, is that what they is that what they claim? Is that why
0: they... But is, there, is their cause noble? What would their cause be though? They They think it's noble, don't they? I get, I get. I mean, that's the problem with it as a concept, I suppose, is that if any, it is subjective, I I guess. But I'll give you another example. So the the SNP, the Scottish Government, had for a long time cited this one study that proved that minimum pricing on alcohol was doing a good job. And it was one study of 40. And even they have had to slightly row back on the idea that there's anything resembling fucking scientific consensus on this issue. But because the kind of people that want you to drink less or eat less red meat, they're so certain... Are, that they, it's I, a good thing find the people who, who take part in studies
1: is fucking dweebs I, I don't i never whenever in the paper it's like oh we did a study it's like well first of all you've got to rule out normal people because who the fuck does a study yeah you know what i mean who are these people that are volunteer i'd like to have my you know meals tracked and my health <laughs> weird people um no i mean well as, as quite satisfyingly um it's quite an appropriate character trait my father-in-law is absolutely irate about Ulez. Um mm. drives a uh he drives an old camper van, uh particularly when he's um driving our our stuff that we keep in his basement. Um uh yeah and it, and we've just become in we've just come into the Ulez zone. Uh like where was it last week? Um yeah I mean f- cont- contributed to 4,000 deaths. I mean, surely, surely. Um, I mean, what about ice cream vans? Mm. What about what about what about the butterfly effect of like a cyclist who pulls over and forces a driver to tap their brakes harder? Does that release more? I'm that's of the that's really. I'm of the opinion that that you know, if we're about if we're about not releasing gas into the air, yeah, or releasing less gas, then surely the less uh, time. You're on the road, the less gas you. So really, the that's true. Speed limit should be much higher in urban areas. <laughs> I would designate high speed urban areas so that you just yes through it without releasing that much gas. Does that make sense?
0: I agree. I agree a hundred percent. I also think a lot of things you can carry a bad idea with a good name. So I'd called them urban high speed super highways, and nothing would change. They'd just be the same dirt tracks Ooh, that were there before. Yes. Urban high-speed
1: highway. Who's who's Who says? <laughs> who is? The who, who is zone. And you get paid. You get paid to go as fast as possible. That's how it works. What most think.
0: Okay, we're just going to do a quick thank you and a fuck you. Uh, the thank you is to people pre-ordering my book, The British Bloke Decoded. Now, I did some uh, basic maths, Finn, and I worked out what it would take to get me on the Sunday Times bestseller list versus the amount of people that listen to this podcast and i worked out that if 5% of the people that listen to this free podcast would pre-order my book which they would probably enjoy reading anyway i would definitely be on the sunday times bestseller list so again shit idea give it a good name i said be part of the 5% i felt that that would really kick things on i would say that we've moved from 1% to about 1.4% so it hasn't been the sort of exponential growth, but I, with with just over a week left of publication, still chance to be part of the five percent.
1: Guys, listen, this is not just a book; it's an experiment as to whether someone like Jeff can write a book. So, be part yes. of the experiment. This is be part of the sick experiment. experiment. that Should not be writing books. Encourage. It. Mm. Let's see if we can open up the class and the height
0: of authors. I, know. I did wonder if height would come back into it you 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 had a very good idea last time which is about six foot despite it not definitely not being the average but being the, what people think a man should be and I I'd have to agree I can't remember the last time we did this
1: I was I think we'd just had a baby oh fuck me just had another baby uh was so was a bit of a blur what were you- you're a fucking spunk machine mate yeah yeah or well, you just seem
0: you just seem to get in touch whenever I've either just had or just about to have a baby which is a theramones. You're obviously a very fertile man. and You're throwing shit out there. Um, let's do your fuck you before we get into the politics. Um, well, as I, as I mentioned, that I've had builders in
1: for about five months. Um, we haven't been living here. And then we moved in and there was obviously still work to do. And they've been generally actually been great, like the builders. But the Tyler, I, I don't... He, has a, he had a Millwall tattoo on, so I don't want to go too hard but Mm -hmm. he won't be listening to this because I don't think his brain can comprehend more than sort of one sentence at a time. There should be a, a, a word or a label. You know, everyone has a label nowadays for what they are Mm. A label for someone who's not special needs, but it's just above it. So that Mm -hmm. they should have like a, not all things are visible badge or like I'm a bit, you know, just so that you know how to deal with them. Near the spectrum. Why you get? I don't know what spectrum we're talking about here, mate. But near rather than on. Well, it's not autism. It's it's just fucking thick, just fucking thick as pig shit. And he tries to explain why he can't do the one thing he's there to, and words fall out of his face in an order. And you think you're you're from here? Like if you were foreign, fine. But you're from, Hmm. you can't speak, and I and I'm losing my fucking rag because we're about to have another baby, and this all needs to be done. And also he doesn't, you know, he's got he's got a more fucking sensitive uh light and rain meter than the fucking cricket at Old Trafford. I, like he won't, <laughs> he won't work if there's a hint of humidity. Oh my god. The fucking Tyler's mate. <laughs> honestly. Honestly. If I wasn't such a middle class coward, I would
0: I would But just do what you did back at uh, take it back to private school. I would have fired him to his face rather than sending a snide text to our builder. That's what I would have done. Oh. I'll take it back to private school, Finn Taylor. Just fuck with his mind a little bit. Just pose him a little Just fuck him up the ass, Jeff. That's what I should have done. Fuck him up the arse. That is that is a that is the that's the ultimate fuck you that we've ever had. What a punishment. Okay, we're gonna talk about the politics now. So just a recap. Um About a week ago, last week, just the week before kids were supposed to go back to school, which is a great week for this to come out, is it turned out there were a number of schools, an unspecified amount of schools that had crumbly bricks. Let's just call them crumbly bricks. I don't like the acronym. Crumbly Brick Syndrome. Okay. And and the Tories, you know. That's what my Tyler had. Sorry to interrupt. (laughs) Um, Is his name Martin, by the way? Because I just feel like it should be Martin Tyner.
1: No, I'm not going to say his name in case. I mean, I, I I don't. I mean, he's not not in the demographic that I imagine like you. So I'm going to just. Stay here.
0: That's a compliment. Most people in the comedy industry would absolutely think that he would be. That's what most people would say. But they'd say, I'm not going to say it because he'll definitely listen to your fucking gammon like podcast. But you've.
1: No, I never said that. I'm just sure. I'm sure his mates do. As I said, he's yeah, clever enough to listen to podcasts. But I'm
0: sure he knows people that, that like this. I've heard of podcasts, yeah. yeah. Um, so the toy it comes to light that there are these these uh, crumbling, potentially crumbling buildings, um, and that there were surveys sent out, there were questionnaires sent out to see what the state of these schools was. Uh, the schools were uh, not all of them were responded to, but ultimately, squarely, these things will come down um, on the government. It does seem like what well, a bad development for Rishi Sunak is that. Uh, he halved a, a fund back in 2020 that was exactly for this, which is, it's not the most useful development <laughs> for the PM. Um, and then and then the real face of this moment, I think, and this is what I want to focus on, is Gillian Keegan, the current education secretary, although there's been about 14 in the last year. So she's on uh, ITV News. She's getting a bit of a grilling, as they say. And, um, and then it, it finishes... And then she says, God, does anyone ever get any fucking credit around here, right? And then she said, the problem is everyone was sitting on their asses the whole time. Now, this is where I want to, our entry point to this story, thing. I think she's done two things there that perform very different functions with the British public. One of them, quite popular, is accuse people of sitting on their asses. That plays out very well. People like that sort of language, like John Prescott punching a guy with a mullet. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're a real person. You use swear words and you accused other people of being lazy fucks. Good. The problem here for Gillian is that she also said, will I get any credit? Now we go to the opposite side of the British psyche is that you must never, ever ask for credit for doing your job. Yeah,
1: that, that is very true. Um, it, I mean, the, the problem surely is that You've got people who have just got the, I mean, the brief, like you say, they've been playing musical chairs for it seems like the last five years in the cabinet. Uh, mm-hmm. And no one's, no, nothing has done, like this was a problem five years ago. No one's done anything because, as you say, it's been someone's job for three months and they've they moved on. And and surely, you know, a civil servant's gone, oh, by the way, some primary schools are made out of Aero and they've gone, ah. Um, and then lockdown and then, well, uh, we'll close schools. Maybe do it then, guys. Maybe do it when all the schools are closed. No, um, that's a very good point. Anyway, yeah, and so now, now you have you have this weird sort of almost def- the weird entitlement of, a, of, a, of defeat that comes out where they just they're just going well, you know, I'm I'm not the worst one. Why can't I get any credit for doing what, mate? Like, like it's it's mad how we're now seeing this kind of upswing of ego from Tory ministers. Mm.
0: Well, you're right. I mean, there's been a problem with Sunak as well, as he's quite brittle in interviews as well. He doesn't seem to like being criticised, which I think, I don't know, man, it's like a comedian going on a topical panel show and then going, yeah, but afterwards on social media... There wasn't sort of consensus that I was the best comedian that's ever lived. You go, it sort of goes with the territory, yeah. Rishi. And I think what apparently happened, Finn, is that she's, she's kind of gone out because she thought, right, we need to get hold of this problem. They didn't want it to be that big a news, but she's decided to sort of circumnavigate certain um, sort of communications and just get the news out there and basically seize it by the scruff of the neck. Which, like I say, the people getting off their asses bit of it, the fact that there's this woman there that's, that's getting on with it, I think will play out well, but you cannot ask for sympathy. She might as well have gone out there and gone, oh, I'm really busy. Oh, I'm really tired. Oh, I'm ill. Oh, do you want to hear about my dreams? Those are four things no one else gives a fuck about.
1: All right, Is she the one that basically blew the whistle on the concrete?
0: Well, she certainly wishes to be it to be seen that she's the one that's finally getting on with it, I guess. Right.
1: And she's she's decided to do this... Presumably after she's had a lovely summer holiday and not thought about it until a week before the schools go back. That's what she wants.
0: Well, the, yeah, that's one of the criticisms. I mean, full balance, full balance. Uh, obviously, Labour, I mean, this is a classic modern Labour position, is Labour have gone, this is disgraceful. There should be an audit and an inquiry. That's Labour, audit and inquiry, everything. Just just keep calling for those. And, and then they were asked, well, would you pledge to rebuild all of the schools that need rebuilding? And they said, we're, we're absolutely not going to commit to that, which is just a brilliant modern Labour sort of word salad. But, you know, I guess that they don't have to, and this is definitely, definitely, before anyone complains, way, way, way more of a problem for the government. There is also the dimension that, you know, Welsh Labour have been empowered for 25 years. They, I don't think they've even sent out the email. So so the argument was, was they've said, well, we don't have these problems in Wales. It's because you don't fucking know. They haven't even asked the question. Yeah, yeah, which, to be fair, is a uh, legitimate course of action, isn't it? Just don't. Well, you could argue that they're in a better position as, for, for having not asked the question. Hmm.
1: Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, I also think there's some problem. Everyone's talking about, oh, uh, we should have known what you know." whenever. Why are we building fucking schools out of stuff that's got a 30-year shelf life? Like, who, who was in charge of the hmm. 60s when it was known that this was a 30-year shelf? Why are we putting the blame on the last three governments for not dealing with it when hmm. people built critical infrastructure yeah like what what did they expect surely all starmer has to do is just go they partied during lockdown they pumped sewage into the sea and the schools off schools are falling down like it's, it's just three
0: points it's all they have to
1: do on billboards
0: like they partied they pumped and the schools are falling down which just sounds like the weirdest nursery rhyme ever.
1: I'm there to close the scores. They're, they're, they're all nonsense, mate. That's the election. That's the election
0: winning there. Yeah. I mean, if it was, as long as it's not in Keir Starmer's voice, they party. But midway through that, they pumped. And then you'd, be, you'd, you'd forget about the toys, and you go, I fucking hate this bloke's voice. Yeah, it's a problem, isn't it? But also, Rishi's voice <laughs> Rishi's just a bit annoying as well, isn't he? Oh, well, that's true. He gets a... Actually, uh, you know, actually, it's off He well, he he does get off lightly. You're right because he has got a, a grinning sort of hey, hello. I mean, Matt Ford, as, as with most things, Matt Ford does an excellent impression of him. But he yay, and it's like. It's like Rishi's facial expression. It's like his head is in a different portal where things are going better. Yeah. So he's smiling from a multiverse where things are better. It's like that thing where, uh, I don't know if you've had, but
1: when you do stand-up on TV and the actual gig isn't that nice, but you're told to just play it as if it is. Yeah, yeah. He's doing, He does that with all media appearances and it's really annoying because, uh, you know, you can see through it. You could be like, you're just pretending... You're just hoping people are watching this with the sound down
0: and going, oh, yeah, everything's fine. Rishi is basically having a tough one on live at the Apollo, but he knows... Well, he, I mean, he thinks... It, he's just hoping to God it'll be all right in the edit. We're going to talk about Keir Starman now. So he, there's an old phrase of never interrupt your enemy when they're making a mistake, isn't there? Like, when they're fucking up, just leave them to it. But he still went ahead with his reshuffle on monday i guess i suppose he might say well he if i was him i would go well they're always making mistakes you know so when am i going to get a chance to do my reshuffle it did seem odd because there were certain news agencies that did temper their coverage of the, the crumbling school thing with his reshuffle and the big news and i don't know how big this will be to you finn is that lisa nandy uh, has, has got a massive demotion yeah she He fucked her right off out of it, which is really odd because she's she would appear to be one of the slightly known people, one of the better communic... Maybe that's the problem. He's so shit at communicating, he sees her doing a great job. He's like, we don't want any of that on the front bench. You're out. Nah, mate, it's just because she's Northern. Just fucking get her to the back. We've got to get all the
1: Tories on side. Get the Northern women who are like bullshit and like, I'll oh, fucking, you know, get all that Angela Rayner big tongue stuff. Get that away. No one No one south of Watford wants to see that. We want to see men in suits with nasal voices, asset management. That's what we want. They'll get the swing voters over, bish, bash, bosh, 97 again. That's all it is, Jeff. Get the gobby
0: Northerners away from the cameras. It is a strategy. But then.
1: Do
0: it's doing it. Again. Well, w- the problem he has, I suppose, is that Angela Lorraine is elected. So he definitely can't do that with her. So you might be right. So he's had to almost consolidate his Northern hatred into Lisa Nandy and she's sort of felt the full fire of that. It really, you, I think you're absolutely right. This is this is where your ph- philosophical skills come in well because he wanted to do that to Angela Rayner, but he can't. So of course he did.
1: Yeah. Lisa Nandy is a uh what do you call it a pinata for Angela Rayner. <laughs> <laughs> Taking it all out on poor Nandy. And I I really like I think Nandy's a very good media performer, but you know it's so obvious that he's just closing ranks. you know when you when you read any of the books about like the new the new labor um, election win, you kind of realize how like how much of a, an ass Campbell has to be, how strict they have to be uh, in order to get anywhere, and uh, how on message they can't have any slip ups, this is the image, this is the brand. we're not coming for your money relax Mm. you know that's why you've got to get rid of people like diane abbott who for i mean obviously you know let's forget about the mass for exactly all that stuff but like you've got to get rid of people who just aren't good media performers and who bumble you've got to have slick salesmen front and center if this country is going to go that way
0: Technic- well, it's the age of the technocrat, and it does feel quite Blairite right, because there were further personalities, the kind of people you're talking about. Hillary Benn, back in, get warmed up, Hillary, you're on, son. Okay. Peter Kyle, ultimate fucking Blairite. Right? I was sort of thinking if, you, if we're looking for that golden era of Blairism, which most people would say was the mid-naughties, I sort of thought Shania Twain, Minister for Housing, Shadow Minister. Was there any other early-naughty stuff? Will Young, perhaps, get him in there.
1: Maloko, ironically.
0: Sing it back, sing Sing the
1: songs again. Uh, Yeah, who's dropping the noise? You'd have Austin Powers was in the cinemas. Yeah, say crazy in love.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, oh, behave. So they they should start running some really tired um, Austin Austin Shagadelic baby. (laughs) Yeah, and they should. The hype, I mean, obviously, the book is out soon. Please pre-order it. The Tour, uh, The Autumn Legs, 85% sold. uh, And Finn will know that that means, in comedy speak, it's about 81% sold. Uh, Let's do a big old roundup there. Last remaining tickets. Why are you not selling, Jeff? Where's the the place where every time you open the sales sheet, you're like, fuck that place? Uh, Well, Leicester seems to have sorted itself out. I think I've nearly sold out Leicester, and that's the first time ever. They've just fucking, like... Just it's like that that aspirational girl that I was going out in high school and in some American fantasy, what? and eventually she. Where'd you do in Leicester? Sorry to cut you off. The Why Theatre. I'm, I'm at this time, but last time I was there, and it was it was like a third fall. But it looks like we're okay there. The place uh, for the autumn leg, and and this this will really shock you: Dundee, Belfast, and Dublin. What? I know. Why could that? Possible the s m p stronghold. I mean, to be truthful, I, I can't put it down to that because a lot of the places I sell the best are the most lefty fucking places in the country. Like they're just places where people go out a lot, really. Okay. Like Brighton and Bristol. It's all that S and M stuff. They wanna they wanna
1: be punished for being such um well they just think they deserve to be punished.
0: Well, all middle class people feel like that, don't they? They yeah, they yeah. can't allow themselves a moment of joy, isn't that the thing when you're middle class? Okay. That's why. That's self-flagellating. on marathons,
1: go vegan, all that shit. It's trying to make their life harder. Just cut yourself some slack. I thought you were going to say cut yourself, make it quicker. Um,
0: <laughs> um Yeah, Belfast. Yeah, Belfast. I found hard last time, but think- no, I'll get there. I'll get there in the the end. I'll get there in the end, but uh, but I mean they're up to about like there's a decent we well, look there's a gig there is enough people there for a gig, but the problem is as well if the conversation we're having now isn't that just off putting to all people in those places that will now be thinking well, I don't want to go there if it's just me. It won't just be you. They'll probably just put me in a smaller room, which is the most emasculating thing when you're touring. You know when they say it gets closer and they go right we've put you in the we've put you in the Arthur Wilson studio. Yeah,
1: the gig's now sold out. Really. Oh, for the, for the 20 seater.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you know, do you know the worst, the worst one that ever happened to me? I was doing it. Oh, I can't remember. It was somewhere in the Southwest. So I was, uh, I was, I was already in the small room of the venue and they said, look, do you, do you want to go ahead? They moved me to the canteen. Oh, cause there was, it was a fucking canteen. And there was, cause there was 17 sold. This is, I think this is my first ever tour. And I was like, I'm going down there. And then on the day that 17 swelled to 30, I was fucking buzzing, Finn. Genuinely, just like hundred percent growth, almost.
1: So are you, um, obviously because kitchens have famously quite harsh, harsh lighting. What's the, uh, what's the setup there? Are you, are you the other side of the dinner counter, or are you, are you, front of the till, where, where are you set up? There
0: were, there were cling film sandwiches behind me in view. Yeah. Um, Let's, just, let's talk again about your, your series. So you're in the process. So people have already got 12 episodes of this they can watch, Finn versus the Internet, on, on YouTube. If you just sort of, like, describe for my elderly, you know, people, someone like me, describe it to someone like me. That would probably be um, a good start. So I interview people who have big
1: followings online who uh, I, I don't really know why they have these followings or what they do. They always do something quite weird. And uh, the premise of the show is that I'm trying to work out um, how to make it online. I'm sort of in in a kind of character. Some argue it's not a character. They may have a point Uh, in character. Somebody doesn't really understand the internet. Um, I guess the closest thing it is is sort of like, it's almost like Ali G in that I'm basically just saying, or Dennis Penis, you know, just saying kind of outrageous things to um this, it's like pseudo celebrities because because nowadays it's so complicated mm. because there's no real mainstream anymore everyone just likes yeah. the things they like in their own little bubbles but there are these so there are these you could walk past someone and they could have like a million followers on some app that you you've not yet downloaded um so it's getting those people out and uh yeah and and just sort of saying awful things to them and uh and they try and
0: they try and not laugh and not react Um, so we're just going to touch on this subject, um, just sort of briefly. So the the former lead singer of Maloko, uh, the Bring It Back Bird. I don't think we're allowed to call her that, but let's just stick with that. Um, Rasheen Murphy. Um, so she she got in trouble because on her private Facebook she expressed. Doubts over whether puberty blockers were a good thing, um, and also referred in passing to trans kids as mixed-up little kids. So this was this was quite controversial. First thing I have got to say, right? There's something fucking morally about a, a sentiment expressed in a private Facebook. It just feels like utter bullshit that you should be that you should be able to lose your job for that. It sort of feels fairly close to getting cancelled for something on a private WhatsApp group, Metropolitan Police officers notwithstanding. <laughs>
1: There is a, there is a, quite a poetic, um, I the, the fact that that she sang "Bring It Back," which is what a uh, trans woman having second thoughts would be saying to their doctor,
0: um, "Bring it back," <laughs> stick it back on, please. I made a mistake.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> I don't think that that is the medical sort of term, "stick it back on, please." I, I think I, I, I don't know. I mean, we're we're all learning I'm about going
1: us. in for a "stick it back on, please" oscopy tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, I I mean, it's very
1: kind of, I don't know, Maoist almost like how, how has it got out? Like if it's a private Facebook page, then it's just one of, uh, I guess, one of the um, friends has sold it to a tabloid. Is that what's happened? Which kind of means, I guess it's a reminder that people you add on Facebook aren't necessarily people who fucking know.
0: Mm. Yeah. well and th- so there have been you know so one of the 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 idea that cancer culture doesn't exist is one thing and then but people will sometimes call it they'll sort of semi-acknowledge that exists but they'll call it consequence culture so you go all right whatever the fuck we call it shit idea with a good name um con- is the consequence that she then um her record company st- sort of stepped back from promoting her new record there's all sorts of like live venues that no longer want to book her. You go, is that a fair consequence for expressing a reasonably widely held opinion, right? Whether or not that's hurtful to you isn't really the issue. It's about whether or not is it a legal opinion? Is it reasonably widely held? I just gotta say, from the point of view of the word puberty blocker, if you just you know when they talk about the smell test, and you think, does that sound like a good thing to block puberty? I just instinctively now please inform me what most people think UK at gmail.com. It just doesn't sound straight out of the gate. That's something I would want to completely stymie.
1: I'm trying to bring out a range of puberty accelerators. um, for uh, Bring it on. Yeah. (laughs) Puberty accelerators for the, uh, the the, the eight and nine year olds. Just let's get them cooking. Let's get them. Get it out of the way. Yeah, Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I, I, it's sort of instinctively when I read the face puberty blockers go. Imagine being like in like so in favour of that, or, or rather, imagine having hmm. clarity about that that you would, you know, pro, protest or hound someone to. I mean, I just, I don't fucking, I don't fucking know. Got no idea.
0: Well, no, I, I know what you mean about being strongly in favour because I am pro a woman's right to choose in terms of abortion. I am pro that. But I always say being pro-abortion, when people start – you know, like when, when you get these binary debates like there was in Ireland over the abortion bill, it's kind of – it's the way a culture war works when then you have to come out on the side of like, hey, abortion's abortion's great. It's never great. Like you can't tell me that that's great, like for whatever reason you have to – that amazing so, – there's an
1: amazing bit of uh, triangulation of Bill Clinton – When he was running for office, he managed to defuse it by saying it was every abortion is a necessary tragedy, something like that, which just which like speaks to both sides of the argument without pissing them off. I think it was that I might have got maybe misquoting that.
0: Well, I mean, that is would sort of be the way I see it It might be the pragmatic thing to do, but it's also you can't for one second say that it's not. It's not complicated, and then you you get the way that a record company react in this situation. So all they see is is as a level of social media engagement. They've got no real training to deal with a lot of people's telling them what they should do, telling them about the harm. So for a day or two, they get one side of the story, and then I don't know how big this record label is. I'm not imagining they're massive, but then it just comes down to that idea of harm, doesn't it? Like where they we it is such a subjective term. Where they say, "Well, we don't want to be promoting a record or an artist as." Promoting ideas that cause harm, and you go, well, it's just such a singular fucking view of harm. The thing that she was talking about is something she sees as potentially causing harm. Yeah, so she
1: wasn't promoting it if she just said it pub- um, privately on a Facebook account. So, yeah, I I, I, don't, I haven't read the story, so but um, it, it I feel like it's all burning out a bit. The whole kind of mob. Thing I feel I just anecdotally, but also if we if we're getting down to one hit wonders from the mid-noughties, I feel like maybe we're starting to scrape the barrel of people to cancel, not to not to uh, undo what I'm sure is a stressful situation for uh, the person in question. But like, you know, this isn't this isn't fucking Harry Styles coming out with an unfashionable opinion. Like these these record produce, you know, I mean, who is is a record company still a feasible company in the age of Spotify? Like. It feels like these companies are on their last legs and they're probably just middle management
0: trying to feel power that they haven't felt in 15 years. I like where you're coming at it from. It's, it's, you just don't feel that they're big enough for you to give to care. I like that. You've just gone... It's like the economy of scale where the, the fucks that I give go up in accordance with, with, with who got cancelled. Anyone that was on the big reunion on ITV2 and below... There's no there's no reason to care. No,
1: say what they want, cancel them.
0: Listen, Finn Taylor, as always, it's a pleasure to chat to you and have you on the podcast. People should uh, check out uh, Finn Taylor versus the internet on both YouTube and all social media type uh, chat places, and keep an eye, I guess, for for a tour that you're going to start putting dates in for early next year.
1: Tour is penciled. Will be on sale at the end of September.
0: At the end of September. So give uh Finn a follow on all on all the socials. And uh Finn Taylor, thank you very much for appearing back on what most people think. Cheers, Jeff. And we'll be back next week if we haven't been cancelled. That's what people say though, isn't it? There's no real chance of that at this podcast. But though it would be ironic if I was cancelled, and this was literally the last thing I ever said about the podcast. Wouldn't that be funny?